0: Hi, welcome to Your Cron, short for Your Chronicles. I'm your host, Scott Pitney. Your Cron is a podcast where we chronicle ordinary people and their extraordinary stories. We refer to ordinary people on this show as people who are non-celebrities. Our goal is simple: entertain our audience and perhaps even inspire and educate. At the same time, our guests build a part of their legacy through this unique audio opportunity. So let's get right to our next extraordinary story. My next guest I'm very excited to have on Your cron. Michael Sterling is the founder and CEO of Michael Sterling Films. He's been featured in Houston Trend Magazine, Houston's Voice, Rolling Out Magazine, and is the proud recipient of the Houston's Hottest Video Director Award. Michael's directorial film credit includes the independent and much acclaimed 2013 film Behind DePaul, which received rave reviews. He's had a cameo appearance in Live, Laugh, Love in the movie Muscle. Michael Sterling's second feature, Signed, Sealed, and Delivered, premiered in 2014, which he is the co-producer and acted. Born and raised in Austin, Texas, Michael Sterling entered the world with a creative eye that was bent on telling the world compelling stories using imagery. Sterling's signature is to afford the audience an emotional connection using well-planned techniques that harmoniously bring together a script and the unsaid word using character reactions, local settings, and more. Michael Sterling's latest project is the film Harvey, which is the story about the tenants of Desmond's place in their battle with Hurricane Harvey? Michael, welcome to your cron.
1: How you doing? Good evening. Nice to have me in.
0: Well, it's great to have you on. Uh, really appreciate you coming on and uh, hearing about your story. So, where is a good place to start your extraordinary story, Michael?
1: Uh, we can start from the beginning. Uh, we can start from the beginning of, you know,
0: how, how I got started. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Yeah, great place to start. Yeah. Um, and,
1: and if we go to the very, very beginning, I would say it started when I was in junior high and I went to uh, Universal Studios in Hollywood visiting uh, family members that had moved to L.A. And um, we was you know I think that's what opened my eye to film a lot. and of course, I took a little break from that when I uh came back to Texas after after the uh vacation, but it really opened my eye because I'm seeing the big sets, I'm seeing what movies was filmed, how how they cheat certain scenes to make it look like then the ocean and stuff like that like with the jaw scene the uh the city like the like the city scene with model cars and stuff when we went on the E.T. set and we was on the E.T. bikes flying over the city, stuff like that. You'd be surprised how, you know, some stuff like that open, up, open your eyes certain stuff. Open your eyes to the future, should I say. And, um, you know, a few years later, well... <laughs> A bunch of years later, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I I shot a, a, a music video for someone. I, my first camera was a was a uh, was a D, was a Nikon, one of the first DSLR cameras. You know that, that shot live video at that time, like on the DSLR cameras, and you know you you couldn't control a lot of the functions. So you have to make sure you, just, you got everything pretty much right. Like what you shot was pretty much what you got. <laughs> and, uh, um, and so, you know, I practiced with that camera and, you know, I just had a lot of faith in, in, in you know, where I can do. Like I, I I I actually shot my first movie with that camera in front of an audience of 1,500 or 2,000 people that came to the screening in uh, Austin and Houston. So that's how much heart I had behind what I've done you know, I stood behind it and, you know, you know, the people, they, they respected and, and, you know, they came out and supported it. They knew that was my first film, you know, the sound wasn't all that, the story wasn't all that, but it was like, man, we see where you're going. And um, that, they, you know, that's pretty much like where it started from. And, you know, I like to hold that, you know, I never been to a red carpet event or nothing like that. And the first one I went to was mine. Man, that, and, you know, that is had, incredible. We had, a, we had a pretty good turnout. I mean, you know, like I said we, we sold tickets and like we sold all our tickets in like 3 4 days. <laughs> so, that was, you know, no radio, no TV, nothing.
0: Yeah, uh I mean, 1500 2000 first film. That's incredible. Uh, talk about how you managed to sell that many tickets in 3 or 4 days with without the uh, advertising media you mentioned well you know i i was actually
1: doing music before film and i got so into doing my first video in mm-hmm. director uh jesse who stays in california now who kind of still mentored me every now and again uh he was like dude you got you got to offer this. Mm-hmm. and you know he, he you know he you know he tried to help me he uh he, he actually tried to help me you know learn or whatnot and you know when i went out to his house in california he was showing me different little techniques and you know sometimes it's odd for somebody if that's how they make their money and pay their bills to kind of show you that because they know more than likely you're gonna brush off it was like he he wanted to see that happen and um he he always congratulated me on that every time he sees something new i do like bro you have kind of Pass me in this thing, <laughs> and, and yeah, he like, but he, but he continue to regret, uh, congratulate, even if he in California, he'll always buy a ticket to my show or something like that, and get some kind of support, you know. And uh, like I say, we sold out in like three, four days, man, and, and uh, that was that was amazing. But you know, I, I was doing music first, so I had, I already had kind of a, a little following. So all I had to do is just continue to create good content, yeah. And that's what I continue to do. And you know, I'm still learning. I'm still learning.
2: Sure, sure.
0: What year was this?
1: Oh, 2013. but so we started in 2011, and and, <laughs> and uh, I learned a lot from that. Uh, it's actually in a in a book that I'm that I'm writing right now. Uh, it's actually in a book that I'm writing right now. I don't know. I could say the name of the night not if that's okay with you. Absolutely. But, Go ahead. Uh, uh, it's a book I'm writing called A Dumb Director because <laughs> there were a lot of dumb mistakes that I made and uh, one of those mistakes was when I first done my first movie, I did the casting call at my house. I put out an ad to do a casting call for a movie in Houston that, you know, you don't see a lot of, you know, you, you don't see a lot of casting calls and a lot of people were excited about it. I had all these people in my living room. (laughs) We actually got, we we did the casting call that Saturday, and by that Tuesday, I had a note on the door from the apartment office. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was that serious. Wow, wow. And so, uh, rule number one don't do a casting call that, yeah, out your living room <laughs>
0: <laughs> well what were your expectations going into doing the casting call there did you not expect that many people to show up or uh, is that was it just an oversight or how, how did that decision come about
1: I thought that uh, I was going to have a few people show up but I didn't know it was going to be that many mm-hmm. you never know how you never realize how how, uh, how small your living room is until you start <laughs> putting uh uh, until you put a standing crowd in, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I had a crowd of people in my house. Uh, the little water water bottles we had, we ran out because one person asked for water and everybody for that water. It was, it was it was crazy. And but how how I many? Did, I did find my cash members though. I did find the cash members I
0: needed. Sure. Well, that's that's the bottom line. How many people did you? Uh, uh approximately have and, and how much help did you have for this first casting call?
1: Uh, we probably had that was helping it was probably like four of us. Mm-hmm. It was probably like four of us. But how many people showed <laughs> How many people showed up? I would say if you got to remember we was, I, was, I was in a one bedroom apartment so you know the living room <laughs> oh is gosh. the biggest room connected to the kitchen. Yeah. I probably had about 40 people and some people was on the stairs.
0: Wow, and so were any of them brave enough to follow up with you in person? Actually, come knock on your door and ask if they got the part.
1: Yeah, and the <laughs> part we was casting for was all women. <laughs> yeah. So, and they knew, you know, they, they, it, it, it was all women. But you know what was what else was was amazing about this movie? Uh When I was doing music, you know, you all, you, actors. Actors want to be musicians, musicians want to be actors, some of them. So I met a lot of, I met a lot of beaters actors when I was on the road. And I kept their numbers and stuff like that. And from California, was were in huge films, like multi-million dollar films. Mm. And and uh, I called them and told them I was doing a movie. They were like, are you serious? I like, yeah, I'm shooting a movie in Houston. And they were like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, will you be in my movie? <laughs> now now these people choice. Man, my first movie, I had like four BDS actors in my movie. Wow. No hesitation. They they did it and we actually all still good friends now. But they done it and they, 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 they stood behind it. Uh of course <laughs> of course, you know, they have been on big sets and and, uh, prime time TV and TV shows and stuff like that with NBC and all that stuff so of course they told me a lot of stuff I need to work on <laughs> <laughs> they told me a lot of stuff I need to work on so that also
2: be in my book The dumb director <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of stuff a lot
1: of mistakes but one thing I, I do know and what I heard other directors say who, who done uh, a lot of big movies um uh, Every time is almost like a first time. All you can do is try to learn off the last time, but you can have everything right on set, but one of your actors could be going through something and set the whole thing back by two, three hours. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, or, or the weather, or the light, and it just throw the whole movie off. So, yeah, a couple of days.
0: I I don't want to I don't want to spoil the the content of your book that's coming out too much. Can you share maybe uh, one thing, one takeaway you got from one of these um, B actors that, you know, had the experience and said, hey, Michael, maybe you should do this next time or whatever. Was there something that stood out to you from that first experience? Some uh, advice you got from them?
1: Uh before you hire your cool your crew, cool, do a background do a background check on them and their work.
0: Mm, that's a good idea. You know, yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, before yeah, because you can find yourself getting into the movie and um realize that, you know, this person ain't what they supposed to be. Mm. And you know, I I still want to those mistakes to feel to this day because, you know, you got some people that can camouflage it real good, but something that would happen to me during that time don't happen now. Yeah. But I have new things to happen. <laughs> so, you know, it, you know. So
0: you'll, you'll be, uh, is it safe to say you'll be teaching future directors or maybe you already are teaching future directors, uh, or sharing ideas, uh, about uh things to do and not to do is that is that a fair statement oh yeah yeah
1: oh yeah and and the reason being is because if i go through something if i go through something pretty bad and i know somebody else doing the same thing i wouldn't want them to go through it i try to warn them some kind of way or that like i wouldn't want them to go through it
2: mm. hmm hmm
0: do you have somebody that you can turn to now that, um, after a day of a filming or whatever, or maybe in the writing process that, that you, uh, can seek advice from that you can just kind of pick up the phone and, and talk to them pretty readily. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I do. Uh, one of the ladies, uh, real, real close friends. She always mentored me a mm-hmm. uh, real close friend. Uh, her name is um Cherry Johnson. She uh she used to play on um what do you call that show? Punky Booster. She was the girl that played Cherry, Punky Booster's friend. Oh
2: okay. uh, me and her, yeah.
1: yeah, me and her she she was actually in what she was actually in three of my movies. Mm. Uh, she always she always helped. And um she she you know she mentors me a lot. Mm. And she done turned me on to a lot of people. I actually have to call her after this interview, because <laughs> uh, it's something she wants me to be a part of. It's it's
0: a, a series that she's getting ready to start up. So, yeah. So, for those of us not familiar with filmmaking at all, um, can you give us an idea? I know this is kind of a loaded question, but just kind of an idea of the process of making a film.
1: of uh, it it, it 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 starts with to me because everybody you know every everybody has their own rules. Mm. My thing is learn the basics, and then once you learn the basics, you you can you go from there. So it's like learn how to ride the bike, learn how to pedal the bike, learn how to stop the bike, and after that you can ride it with one hand, two hands. You can ride on the pitch, you can ride backwards or forwards, walk with it, But learn how the bike functions. So. I would tell people, you know, learn how the movie sets function. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I still learn little things because everybody there is there for a reason to make the director's job easier if you're trying to be a uh, um, director. Mm-hmm. Everybody there serves a purpose all the way down to the person that that uh, served the food, the craft service, because... If that person don't cook the food right, or that food is far or anything, mm-hmm. or don't know what those characters are supposed to eat, and then it's time to shoot, and then thirty minutes, forty minutes on set, and after they're gonna eat that food and they pass out and get sick or something, if you got, if you gotta pencil that day off, mm-hmm. you gotta draw, you gotta draw do So everybody on set counts, mm-hmm. all the way to the makeup artist, making sure that makeup looking the same way it looked on that person uh before they left set yesterday so it won't be no problems during the editing because you know you you know you film in fifteen days straight but the people gotta look like it was it still gotta look like it was done in one day mm-hmm. should I say
2: yeah continue
0: continuity
1: learn, you know, learn how a set is ran instruction. Mm-hmm. Learn that to the key, understand everybody's job.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Good advice. I can imagine that you've had a ton of film ideas that come that have come to you, Michael. Uh, how do you decide this is the one I'm going to make? It was just it, it, it was
1: just touching. It was just too much stuff going up. Uh, so with the Harvey with the Harvey film, it was just too much stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually and I was actually uh, filming my movie Party Bus, which is a comedy and um, we were shooting in Austin and whatnot, and some of the cast members had to go back. We knew it we was gonna get rain. We knew the hurricane wasn't gonna hit, but we didn't know that the rain was gonna flood the city out. Now I was still in Austin because I'm trying to hurry up and get dates ready just so we can pick up on the shots. Uh, I didn't think that the rain was gonna, you know, have that kind of effect like that. So I stayed back. They left. Uh, some of them they, they went back to Houston. Some of them got stuck in the rain, or the house flooded out. It, it ended up setting them back. Uh, one of my uh, my DP, he caught some kind of disease because his leg was he had a cut on his foot, and that he was in that water, and it swolled up the whole left side. It was it was bad, yeah. and so that that put that that put the shoot all the way off. And so, but before all that happened. I started, My had uh, a friend that called me from San Antonio. like, man, this stuff, this story, man, you ought to write a movie about this. You ought to really write a movie. And she kept saying it, so I like, you know what? I'm gonna write a movie. And I just started writing and didn't stop. And so people already had in mind. Like, you know what? I'm gonna call this actress and that actor. And I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm gonna get them to, you know, I'm gonna get them in on this movie. They didn't even know I was casting them over the phone, but they didn't know. Mm. I was listening to their voice, how they felt about it. I was like, I can get these same emotions out of them, blah 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 blah. But they didn't even know what was going on. Mm. And um when I you know, when I got the movie wrote, I put in uh my co writer Sabrina, uh, she upgraded some of the gaps in the movie, added some stuff she thought, you know, would make this make the story flow some more, and, you know, catchy and and um, really play on the emotions because it was a lot of the emotions were high during the storm, and um, we got it together. And after that, shoot, we we, we went ahead and um,
0: started casting, made it happen. That's that's incredible. So the the storm uh, hit August 26th, I think is the date. Uh, of course, 2017. How how soon after that? Did you get this call from San Antonio and start writing the script?
1: I got the call from San Antonio. I got, I got, the, I got the call from San Antonio and started writing that same day. Uh, by the time seven days or whatever the movie was out, by the time like within those seven days,
2: I pretty much had the script done. The outline, everything. Wow.
1: Even, even some of the people I was gonna catch.
0: Can you give us a synopsis of the movie, Michael?
1: So the the movie is, is, is okay. So of course, the movie is about uh, neighbors helping neighbors in the city coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, four people trapped in a in a third story apartment, and uh, from different walks of life, and like I say, uh, it was about neighbors helping neighbors and. Um, and they was coming together. So that's, that's pretty much what the movie is about. And then you go into, you know, back stories of, of
0: each character while they're in the, um, while they in a the third story apartment. Mm-hmm. And are these characters, is this particular story based on a true, well, obviously Harvey is, is, uh, non-fictional, but, uh, the, the, story within Harvey that you're writing. Is that based on a true story?
1: Okay, so what I done was um I had to make some kind of story. Mm-hmm. So uh the part about the four characters being in the um in the four story apartment, that wasn't real, but I based like, you know, the situations of what was going on during that time was real, but then you actually had uh, people that was in the move. I mean, that was in the storm who suffered a death or whatnot. I tied their story into the story with the four people in the fourth in the third story apartment t- to make everything flow and balance. So you would say it's, it, 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 it's half and half. It's a story I created to bridge the gap. Between the, the real survivors to attach their story to the film mm-hmm. to make it work.
0: Mm-hmm. And these real survivors, are these people that you knew? Are these people that you read about? Was it a little both?
1: Um, some of them I read about and some of them approached me because they mm-hmm. knew that we. So basically, when I had the movie wrote, when they approached me, I figured out a way to pull them in, and I went back and revised some of the script so I could get them pulled into the movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. 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 So, what wh- what was their reaction when uh, you um, said, "Hey, do you do you want to be man?" <laughs> they didn't. I, like, I didn't even have to cast them. <laughs> I was. Ca- I, I was. I was
1: basically casting them when they was talking to me. Mm. I was like I was like if I get that same thing out of them-
2: mm-hmm.
1: I can I, I knew the, I knew to stay within a certain range mm-hmm. I knew to stay within a certain range because if I would have tried to you know make them do something totally different from you know what really, if I tried to make them do something totally different from the story they told me then you were going to be able to tell mm-hmm yeah. So I kept them. I kept them within the range of their story, but didn't um, take too much of their story and make them try to act that out because that's a skill. Acting is a skill. Period. You gotta. You gotta keep that thing sharp.
0: Right. Yeah. So the, these are people that you're talking about now are people that had no acting experience, but there was something that you saw in them that uh, reaction, emotional reaction that you felt. Uh, would, would go do well in the film um, is, oh, yeah. it, is that okay so w- when you discover this person that has no acting experience what reservations do you have when the cameras are actually rolling that they can carry that same emotion over to film and, and make it believable uh, there, mo- there it must must be some concerns
1: there was, yeah. was a couple of times I had a um, uh, Dude, it was a couple of times I had them do the scene, mm-hmm. and I, they was they, they thought they was practicing, but I was really recording them, uh-huh. and they was in they was in their natural state. So when you don't when you when you take the pressure off a person, sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes you can get the best out of them. So like let just say let just say that uh, you're not a person that can just come up with good stories. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be like, hey man me and you on the phone right now I'd be like hey uh tell me a story about um about somebody who who went to the beach and they was making sand capsules. you would probably be stuttering and doing all kind of stuff or whatnot but then i'd be like hey man what was it like in in, in high school you can you can flow right out because it's so natural See, you ain't gotta, you ain't gotta make up nothing. You ain't gotta do none of that stuff. Some things you might remember and leave out, but there's gonna be a lot of interesting things that you can remember, and the, and the story gonna just flow. So all I done is just kept them within the story so it flows,
0: and so it'll be easy for them to act it out. That sounds like a fascinating technique. How, how did you come up with that? Because that really. Uh, sounds like that would work well. I mean that that analogy you gave with, uh, yeah, tell a story that uh, tell tell a story that uh, is made up versus something that actually happened. I can see how that would really bring out somebody's natural self as opposed to being an actor. I mean, did you come up with that technique yourself, Michael?
1: That was something I came up with myself because I noticed when some I had to make actors and actresses. Improv, mm-hmm. it flowed it, it pretty well if they knew how to improv well. Mm-hmm. But then, when they had to think about their lines, they got a lot of stuff running through their head, and the main thing is, and I'm looking right, and I'm saying this right, but if they improv they it's a feeling. Mm. And, but you don't, but, oh, but of course you don't, want them, you don't want them to improv the whole movie because after that, they'll start turning, after, they, after that, they'll start trying to act Mm. and improv at the same time. That's when it started that's when it started getting bad. That's when it started (laughs) that's when it started getting bad. So
0: So in filmmaking um, what part of filmmaking is most appealing to you? The the most the the thing
1: that, that that is really appealing to me is when you're up against situations and making magic. Cause when it's too easy, it's gonna be looked at as easy to me.
2: Like it's gonna be looked at with an easy eye. But something that was that was hard to
1: do or how you do that, mm-hmm. people are gonna be afraid They when they look at it, they be like, how you do that?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want people to be I want people to look at it and be like, how they do that? Mm-hmm. How did him and his team do that? That's what I want.
2: Mm. I want
1: to. How do you do that? Rather than the, I know how you did that. Mm. You see, you see the difference then. I know how you did that. That almost sounds like you're not interested. How do you do that? Tone,
2: right?
0: They
1: want to want to know. Yeah. And they don't. They don't. They don't. They don't, they don't really jump holes and everything until they figure out how they. You know how you do that.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Be the magician. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How do you do that?
0: Yeah. So the flip side of that question, of course, is what what is the least appealing about filmmaking to you? What what, what part of filmmaking would you like to be able to delegate every time?
1: Mm-hmm. Wasting time.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, mm-hmm. That, that that's something you can't get back. Yeah, I don't like it. Nah and you can find yourself wasting time on certain things or dealing with certain people Mm -hmm. and some, and some things you can't detect in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So wasting time. I don't, I don't like wasting time.
0: Yeah. What what are some of the biggest, I mean, you mentioned early on uh, just a a brief example of uh, maybe an actor getting sick or something like that. It's, kind of unpreventable. But what what are some of the common things that time wasters that uh, uh, can typically frustrate a director?
1: You you said what were
0: directors? Yeah. What what are some of the common time wasters that that frustrate most directors that you see on set?
1: Uh, Sometimes it can can be the actors that are not taking it seriously. Mm. You know, it's, it's really people that's not taking the project serious because when they don't take the project serious, they become
2: a liability. Mm-hmm. And something something so
1: small can turn big. Mm. So you want to get rid of that. Like small problems become big problems in film. Mm-hmm. Very big problems. Mm-hmm.
0: We are very excited to have a new sponsor at Yorkron. Luxury men's clothing lines Thaddeus and Tad are now combined on one website. They belong to the same family, they share DNA, might as well have their clothes all in the same place too. Both brands are typically sold at Nordstrom's, Bergdorf's, and unique upscale boutiques, but you can find them online at thaddeusandtad.com. Thaddeus, the uncle, is a collection of sportswear for the man who always arrives well-dressed, but sometimes breaks the rules. Quality fabrics are important, but so are comfort, fit, and details. Some of the pieces are washed and weathered, others more crisp. Thaddeus is designed for the man who is current and comfortable in his own skin. Tad, the younger nephew, is more rugged, more washed and weathered, but willing to learn from the past. Tad is the nephew of Thaddeus sharing the same namesake and DNA, but interpreted for a new generation of sportswear. Tad is more casual, suggesting a more worn in easy look. The fit is slightly slimmer and trimmer. Tad fits the mind and body of a man who wants to put his own stamp on the traditions he has inherited. For menswear that is a Tad dressy and a Tad disheveled, shop online at Thaddeus and Tad. So, in Harvey, you're the director. Are you uh, playing any other roles in this movie? Um, are you acting in it, doing anything else in Harvey? Is it just am, pure directing?
1: I am the executive producer. The mm-hmm. writer, mm-hmm. the director. Uh, I play. I play the uh, husband to the main actress, April Grant, mm-hmm. who's at, who's out of town on vacation. With, <laughs> not vacation. It was a business vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I end up getting stuck at the airport, and so we shot a lot of the scenes at the airport with uh, my scenes.
0: Mm-hmm. How difficult yes. is that to get permission to shoot, to, to film at the airport? What was that process like?
1: Well, um, uh, a lot of people open their doors to us. Like I've been filming in Houston for a while and you know, certain permits are hard to get or certain things are just hard to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't have no problem getting, uh, clear to shoot at the airport and a lot of the other locations that I had problems with in the past. I think people really wanted to be a part of this story some kind of way. People really want this story to get out and make it happen, you know. It's not gonna, this story not gonna please everybody because there are so many uh, Harvey stories. You got five million people in Houston, Everybody has a Harvey story, whether they was dry or wet. They have a Harvey story because they would be on the phone with somebody. Uh, their emotions was high watching it on TV. They didn't know if the city was going to shake back. then. did if they were going to go back to work. They don't know who died. Everybody got Harvey stories.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so finding that one to, to make a film about that's, uh, so go back to the writing, uh, for a minute. And I mean, seven days to write a, a, a feature script that seems pretty quick. So d- it is writing. Uh, is it a process that, uh, I mean, do you get writer's block Michael, or does it just start flowing out? And Not,
1: yeah. I, I think if I would have, I think if I would have tried to pace myself out in a certain way, like I do some film, I would have caught writer's block probably within the first thirty minutes (laughs) of writing, which which is, uh, I mean, within the first uh, thirty minutes of the script, which is
2: thirty pages. Mm -hmm. Um, My thing was, I just I just let it
1: flow. Mm -hmm. I just let it flow. I I didn't stop. Like I said, okay, it's going to be. I said, this is what's going to happen. It's going to be a third story uh, apartment. I'm have my one main character. And three other characters that come into an apartment from three walks of life. This person gonna be going through this, this person gonna be going through that, and this person gonna be going through that. And I built the story off of that. So what happened when they all come into the same apartment from these three different walks of life? I don't wanna to tell too much of that because I want sure. people to see it, but just know it's dysfunctional and if you got that many walks of life in the apartment for seven days, there you go.
0: I can't wait to see it. So what was your, yeah. what, What was, what was your personal story? Like Michael, you mentioned you were filming, uh, but, uh, take us through what, what was your personal story during Harvey, your experience?
2: It was, it was, it was
1: very emotional. Like, uh, It it it, it kinda made me it kinda made my eyes water up the same way as Katrina cause my thing was like like millions of other people, as big as Houston was and you seen all that water all over the place, you like
2: man, Houston gone. Yeah. That city now to take back for years. Yeah. The crazy
1: part about it is, man, it it shook back pretty fast. Like, I mean, just, just knowing when I was on Memorial, like Memorial in the Beltway,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not where you can go all the way down Memorial, but Memorial in the Beltway, mm-hmm. and you can see all that water under the Beltway. you like, man, and my, my mind was like, I wonder if car cars down at the bottom of that water. Cause the water, I, I think, uh, from the overpass bridge to, you know, the, uh, the highway that runs under the bridge, the beltway, I believe that's probably, I don't know, maybe 15 feet or whatever. That water was all the way up. So that was uh, for sure 13, 14 feet of water. Yeah. And I was like, How, where is all this water going to go? Where is this water going to drain down?
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know what I'm saying? I'm like, I bet it's going to be stains all on the walls, everything. You know, on the highway walls, the overpass walls, and I'm like, man, it just, it had me thinking about all, all that stuff like that, and I was thinking about, like, all the water, like, it took forever to get down
2: West Ham so we rode down West Time. it took forever to get down West Time. So we of course, a lot of people riding
1: around being nosy, even me, um, we look at cars that are submerged in the water, stuff like that, we look at all this stuff, I'm like, wow, it, I just didn't think that it was going to shake back the city was going to shake back as fast as it did. Uh, I'm going to say the city because some people did not shake back and there's still a lot of neighborhoods without uh, C.E. King is one of them. That was a neighborhood that got hit pretty bad. I, I don't even think it got too much news attention, but I made sure that uh, one of the survivors that was that was uh, that's in the movie, we showed that neighborhood because we even got... Raw footage of the actors reenacting certain stuff, and okay, I think I'm telling too much. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm
0: telling too much. <laughs> well, uh, you 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 just keep piquing my curiosity is all you're doing. So uh, I don't think you're spoiling too much, but uh, obviously, yeah, uh, you know, just whatever you're comfortable with, um, and. You uh, mentioned a bit ago, too, that uh, there, there's obviously a lot of interest in this film. Uh, can you talk about some of the, uh, the people that have uh, approached you? Um, when we chatted on the phone the other day, uh, you've, you've really got uh, a lot of people's attention on this film
1: the phone? okay, your phone was kinda of going out. You said some people approached
0: yep. me about the film. Yeah, uh you, you've had some calls and things like that and, and so uh there there's obviously been a lot of interest in the film and uh Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah. Uh it been a, it, yeah oh yeah it's been a lot of interest in this film. Um we've been in a lot of we've been getting a lot of media uh at, uh Forbes. Um that was one that we left out uh Houston Chronicle, uh we was trending on Fox, A B C. Um, I know I'm leaving out other news stations. Mm-hmm. Uh it was it was it was still trending in a lot of different places or whatnot. So uh all over the news, all over the internet. Um the weather channels. So yeah. We have been getting a lot of press and we still getting a lot of press.
2: Yeah.
0: And what what are some of the typical questions? They're they're obviously uh, I'm sure curious about a release date and things like that. But what are some of the other questions that you're getting?
1: Uh, so the, some of the main questions are: How did y'all film in the water? Mm. And I can't tell them they gotta they they gotta see it for themselves. The movie went. Yeah. The movie went
2: yeah, <laughs>
1: if, yeah. They, if you want to know if this movie is wet this movie wet
2: <laughs>
1: it's, yeah it's, it's, it's rain
0: it's water in this movie this movie wet <laughs> that's part of the magic right that's that's your trade secret yeah this movies this movie is wet yeah yeah so um we we also over the phone we we discuss uh kind of an unfortunate setback uh you've had recently. Can, can you talk about a little bit about that? Uh, about what? You, you, uh, had uh, a little setback here at the end, uh, trying oh. to release the film. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So we had, a, we had, a, we had a small little hiccup, like, like any film sure. or whatnot. Sure. Um, we, we, uh, you know, you just got to really evaluate, um, some of the people you want on your team, and stuff started happening so fast with this movie. That was another thing. Like once I posted that I was doing this horror movie, we hit the news within two, three days. Once I said that we were, I was doing this horror movie, we was on the news within three days, wow. all over the news. Wow! And so I had I, I had to start putting my team together, mm-hmm. and I didn't get to evaluate my team like I wanted to. Some of the people that I that I hired and um, one of the people that I hired they didn't do a good job with the sounds and you know, that doesn't stop the movie. It just kind of like, you know, set you back a little bit on timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe we'll still be on time because we are on my timing, but you know, you don't really want no setbacks, you know. You want everything to go smooth, but you know things happen.
0: Sure, sure. Do you have a targeted release date?
1: Well, uh, I, I have a screening date, which is uh, October mm-hmm. the twentieth. We're, we're doing a we're doing a screening, but the actual release date of the movie, mm-hmm. I don't have that yet because we're, we're going to see how this thing work with distribution
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, you know, we need distribution, you know, it's all
2: an 80s from that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Very good. Um, is there uh, any, anything that you would like to talk about promotion wise that um, perhaps listeners could get involved? Uh, do you have any kind of uh, uh, funding sites or anything like that for this film?
1: Yes. Um we have a crowdfunding uh for this film that you can see that's this, this posted up right here. Um you know we 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 still need a little help in a few areas or whatnot. And um we, we try to raise a certain amount of money you can see on the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you click yeah, you
2: click the link, uh every little bit helps. Um along with the screening,
1: we are taking proceeds from the screening and the ticket sales, and we're giving that to uh, different organizations. And um, we haven't picked the one we won't because, of course, we want to make sure they're legit. Sure. Uh, you want to make sure they're legit. And that's our way of feeling like this it's something we can do. Um, you know, a lot of us didn't get to give out water or this net, but if it's something I can do in another area, I can. Um, the media is one thing because if you keep it in the media, uh, it can kind of, you know, it can kind of keep those people who's trying to, uh, get their voice out for help. We might get them heard because we keep it at high. Like it's not going to go away right until, until we finish it.
0: Mm-hmm. Very good. And, of course, we'll put uh, any of that on the Yurkron website, uh, ways that uh, listeners can get in touch and help out. Um, I read that your life's motto is get, 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 get it. How did that motto get come about, and what does it mean? Get, get, get it. No, you know,
1: <laughs> making you just do it mine, get, get, get it, Yeah, that's all you can do, get it, just get it, that's it, okay. if you want it, get it, I ain't got it, until I, and, until I can say I got it, I gotta get it, and the only way you gonna get it, is they get up,
2: <laughs>
1: the only way you gonna get it, is they get out of it, you know, so, get it, that's it, he ain't no sleep, I don't sleep,
0: you're you're not asleep, yeah. So when you were writing the the, the screenplay um, in, in seven days, you you probably did that on uh, not much sleep, I'm guessing. Oh you no, know, you got people calling you, checking on
1: you, people doing uh, roll calls, and uh, you, you getting calls three in the morning and text messages. You all right? You all right? <laughs> and when they say that, you're gonna turn on the news. You gonna see if anything is wrong. If, if the storm is turning around, coming back. <laughs> so you go, you you know, you gonna you gonna, gonna, gonna check on all that. Right. You gonna check on all that. Because I, I remember we was being threatened with that with Harvey. They were talking about it might go out into the Gulf and then come back like what. Yeah. So we would be we would be threatened with a lot of stuff. And um, and, and I want people to know that you know the movie not just all about Houston. Uh, we 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 say some things. In the uh, in, in the opening in the opening credits about other places that was affected, Houston just got the light because it's you know it's the most populated city in the Gulf. Mm-hmm. So, but you know it was you know people, people was touched from Corpus Christi all the way over to Louisiana all along that that uh, that Gulf seaboard. So we we tried not to leave them out, but you know like I say we can't please everybody. I do want people to understand that like. I'm just telling the story. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, some people, some people really can take things the wrong way. I'm just telling a story. Yeah. Everybody's not going to like everybody's story. Everybody's not going to like everybody's family. Everybody, you know, I'm just telling a story. Yeah. You know, that's it. I'm just telling a story. I like a film, and I chose to film a story that, that I'm telling.
0: Yeah. Well, it's art, so we're not going to get ever see a hundred percent approval with any any art form right so um but, oh, yeah. yeah and that that's good that you bring that up because there are tons of people uh, I, I personally my wife and i go down to port aransas and port lavaca and all those areas down there in fact we were just at port lavaca recently a month ago and there there's still you know a lot to be done down there and uh a lot has been done, but yeah, that, that's where they got all the wind. So different kind of damage, uh, but more stories, more stories going on there as well. So uh, thanks for mentioning that. And, and um, um, with um, with that, I will get to my final question. I like to close most of my podcast with Michael, and that is... If in a hundred years from now someone, perhaps uh, even a distant family member, is listening to this podcast, what do you want them to remember or take away from this recording?
1: What I want them to take away from me or this uh,
0: film—both. It could be both. Yeah.
1: Uh, what me as a director? I want people to. I want people to take, I want people to remember 100 years from now that if there's a story that Michael want to tell, <laughs> he's going to tell it. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's that simple. It's, that, it's, it's just that cut with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to tell a story, I'm going to tell it. Mm-hmm. And you might not like it. And, you know, that's okay. I might not like this story, but I'm going to tell it. Right. And I'm, and I'm going to try to tell a good one. Yeah. You know, people going to remember you how, how they want to remember you, regardless. Right. And any. Oh, so you, really, you really can't control that.
0: Right. And that was. So that's about you as a director. How about the film? Any. Final thoughts uh, you'd like people to remember to take away from the film Harvey that you're making.
1: First, the film, uh, I hope this film can educate you in, in in certain ways about how to survive in hurricanes and and you know because there's a lot of I have a lot of I have a lot of educational tips in this uh, in this film.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. Uh, how the hurricanes got named? I mean, how the hurricanes get their name and stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff like I say. You would have to watch it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if you don't know nothing about uh, being in a hurricane or experiencing a hurricane, you will know. You will know after watching this film. And you know, I still probably got a lot of things that I left out. But you know, you can't you can't tell everything. Sure. There, was a, there was a million things happened during Hurricane.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Michael, very good. Um, thank you so much for being on tonight. That was that was amazing. I, I I wanted to see the movie when I first heard about it. I want to see it tenfold now. Uh, I really uh, am excited about seeing this film.
1: I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Uh, I I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> when I first when I first started writing the film, I didn't think it was gonna get the kind of attention that it's getting right now. I mean, you got big budget movies don't even get this kind of attention that we've been getting. I'm talking about from day one, posting this thing on posting this film on Facebook saying that with a script saying that I'm doing a movie on Harvey. Right then, it just started trending. Right then, wow. Right then, it started trending fast. Mm. And I was like, "Whoa!" It, and I'm not. <laughs> it had to be at first. I was like, "What did I just do?" <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, "Uh oh, what did I just
2: do?" It reminded me of one of those old eighty movies. Uh, it's like War Games or something. Well, uh, the guy got to
1: playing with the military uh, system and stuff like that, hacking into it, and and almost caused a big nuclear war. So it was like, what did I just
2: tap into? What did I just do? <laughs>
0: Yes, I've seen that movie multiple times. I love that movie with uh, Matthew Broderick, and uh, yeah, that's exactly that. That that is a very good analogy. Once once you mention that movie, I'm like, okay, now I know how he really felt.
1: <laughs> yeah, all right. What the, I, I just jumped into big leagues real fast. Like, man, some of the interviews we, like I said, it's still higher. <laughs> I, 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 I've been doing interviews after interview. It's still high. Well, that's it's good. still high.
2: That's good. It's, it's
1: crazy, and it's when, a good thing you when, uh, you. When you, certain yeah, people yeah. get your phone number and email, and you don't know how they got it, it almost makes you be like, "Man, is people, oh, people outside of my house are they listening <laughs> on my phone? Like, how did some of these? Uh, how did some of these national? How, how did some of these national media sources get my? information like that
0: did you ask him did you ever ask him you no know I no I didn't
1: I was actually happy but <laughs> I was actually happy but I was like I was like happy but I was like when I when I, you know, when I got on the phone or looked at it, I was like damn this is scary
0: <laughs> that is <laughs> that is kind of like, scary that is kind of scary I was like damn yeah. this is scary yeah what's going on G- yeah good stuff good stuff well Michael uh, if you uh, find time in your busy schedule I hope you'll come on cron again and uh, give us uh, some good follow up stories and maybe talk about some more films down the road and uh, good luck with your book and uh, again we'll post uh, all the information any information you'd like us to on YourCron.com and and again thank you so much for being on the show
1: oh man I appreciate it. uh when you gonna
0: have me back? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can make it happen real quick. So uh, we'll we'll let uh, our audience digest digest this one for a little bit, and then uh, yeah, we'll get you back on here for sure. I'd love that. We'll
1: let's we'll see what the audience say. Uh, make sure if y'all want to have me back, make sure y'all leave something in the comment box and, and, and let me know what y'all think. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, no, I'm not to say hopefully. Let's just hope I don't come back on on Harvey Part Two. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, that uh, we we don't need any more of that. That's for sure. That is for sure. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we can we can do without Harvey, but um, more more Michael Sterling films we could do with a lot more of those. So um, uh, we will definitely have you back on and, and talk more more film. So thanks again, Michael. All
1: right. yeah, thanks me and have together.
0: All right, we'll talk soon.